Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Dr. Supercoach Racing. I'm Motto and I'm joined by my co-host Justin and we'll be talking about Supercoach Racing tonight, how last week went and how week four is shaping up. Justin, how are you going? Yeah, very good. Thanks, Watto. Just, um, yeah, recovering from what could have been a great day last week to, um, yeah, ended up being quite a disappointing day on my front. I left out, I changed Colette out of my stable uh, last minute because I heard a few little rumours that she was just coming here as a a last a last minute type of race and that sort of had me a little bit worried and I changed her out and which then forced gun stock out of my side both of them won uh, group group two and group three races respectively so a little bit disappointing on the points front but uh, hope, hoping to bounce back a bit a bit better this week with uh, some I guess a couple of different interesting selections and a couple of target races that I'm looking at yeah Colette like very I'd say a lot of people jumped off. Uh, due to the weather a bit, and then just proved, proved the doubters wrong, really. Um, I'd like to say the same thing with Gunstock, but I never had him. Um, I had Gundek, and that turned out just fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he was um, a little bit disappointing, I guess you could say, but uh, he's looking to bounce back in the next couple of weeks, I think, heading towards a derby. But Gunstock overall was very impressive and a very popular selection in the race at that by many Supercoach players out there. Yeah, definitely. I went with the, when we were saying how to pick two out of three mainly of 
him, gun deck, and micro. I went with the uh, micro and gun deck, which didn't work out too much, but we'll focus on this week. Yeah, exactly right. That's the key. We've got to bounce back this week, and obviously we've got a big Cox Plate meeting ahead and a very exciting meeting at that. Yes, exactly. Uh, so for round four, we're only looking at Mooney Valley, so the 10 races there. Um, they had a bit of a change from last year. I believe they had a Friday, Saturday um, round, but now it's just the Saturday, the Cox Plate day. Yep, and of course we do have the Friday night meeting. It's still on, but we're just not counting it in Supercoach this week and having uh, all 10 races of interest uh, at Mooney Valley on Saturday. And Although there is also racing in Sydney, of course, again, that's not counted this week. And Yeah, main thing this week, try and pick the Cox Plate winner and you might have to take two or three in the event to try and get the winner because overall, Zaki does dominate the market, but I think it is a bit more of an open race than what the bookies are giving it credit for. Yeah, exactly. They're really, it's really a tight field, um, even with the possible outs that might come. Um, shout out to the league winner for the Dr. Supercoach League. Um, league code is 258611 if you haven't joined yet. Um, the weekly winner was Gorn Dolphin with a massive 265 points. So that's pretty crazy to do on a... Uh, harder week where a lot of people were struggling to get to 200. Yeah, I mean, that's a super impressive score. It was, like you said, a quite a hard week and many people, so I think the top 5% average was just a touch over 200. But um, yeah, I mean, if you can keep up those type of performances week to week, you're in with a big shot winning the whole competition, let alone just the weekly prize. Yeah, exactly. And it's all about consistency. Uh, just touching, I know Justin touched on his... Uh, Less than great week. Uh, my week, I had a bit better of a week. Um, I did pick Killet, um, as well as Nimali, Nature Strip, Incentivize, Oxley Road. So I had a pretty good week. 219 points for me. Um, kind of boosted my seizing uh, overall um, after that lackluster first round. So I'm hoping to keep up some consistency and kind of pound away at it uh, week to week and get up into that uh, top 500 spot. Yeah, that's what you got to do. I mean, that's the that's the whole aim in the end. If you can crack the top thousand by the end of the by the end of the competition, you've done pretty well with uh, quite a few thousand people in the competition, upwards of twenty thousand, I think it is. So anywhere inside the in, inside the top thousand is a pretty good effort. And yeah, key is just this week pick the Cox Plate winner, target these Group Twos and a couple of Group Threes as well that we'll be looking at, and hopefully, especially you, Wado, you can keep up the consistency and uh, yeah, storm your way in to, inside the top five hundred. Yeah, hopefully that's the plan. And like you said, I reckon the focus for my week at least will be nailing those group twos. There's a lot of options and they're all around the same uh, price points. Um, so trying to pick where others will uh, miss is definitely a very uh, big move. Um, and also nailing your captain pick as you think. I I think it's probably the most important uh, captain selection so far this year. 100% it is because this week you've either, you either target the Cox Plate and go for the 80 points, which uh, I think not everyone will be doing that. I think there will be some other people as well targeting a specific Group 2 where we do have a short price favourite on the day. But I'm going to be finding it very interesting as to who people are captaining because not necessarily everyone will be captaining Zaki because Animo could be one who is very well supported in the market along with very elegant. And then, of course, as I mentioned, there's the group two as well with the short price favourite where you're looking at a potential 64 points straight off the bat. So it's going to be a very interesting week from the captain front just to see what everyone do and just see what everyone does, I should say. And 
especially uh, yourself and, and me to see what difference we have in our captain selections because I've got a feeling that we might be choosing two different horses as well. Yeah, I think that'll be uh, the key. There'll be a bit more uh, variety in the captain selection uh, this week. Um, also to note that with their four group twos there's only one group one so you pick in the if you pick a winner in a group two and you captain them that's pretty much equal to second place in a group one so there's really not much uh not much difference in captaining a group one or group two yeah and especially with the group one if you do miss right. with the captain this week then it could it's for example if zaki if whoever's taking zaki out there and he doesn't run in the top three then you're obviously a chance of losing those uh, 80 points that you would be getting if he was to go on and win the race. But I think there is another group two on the program where you could bag 64 points and maybe a little bit of a safer play than targeting your captain in the Cox Plate. But, of course, everyone's going to have a different opinion. Some people are going to feel that there's a stronger chance in the Cox Plate to jag those 80 points. And, of course, that's 16 more points than you get uh, if you do captain a group two horse. But, so, yeah, like I said, it's going to be an interesting week this week just to see what everyone yeah, does. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's all about managing risk at the end of the day. You might... You might want to go for Zaki or one of the other group ones just to try to get make up some ground, but it could completely backfire like like it has in the past with captaincy selections. Yeah. This week, though, I think it's especially important to try yeah. and jag this captain selection because, as we saw when Zaki got rolled at $1.30 when pretty much the whole of Australia and all of Australia's dogs had Zaki as their captain, it didn't make too much of a difference because everyone had the same result anyway, whereas if this week there may be little differences between what everyone has. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll go We'll go straight into the races. Um, we'll start with the only group one tonight, uh, the race nine, the Ladbrokes Cox Plate. Uh, who are you liking out of this, Justin? Well, my top four selections in order from when I've done the form today, I've spent couple days trying to work out this race and exactly how I want to play it but I'm struggling to go past Zaki here James McDonald's come back to ride him and I think that's very important he has an immaculate record when aboard this horse and the one I'll never forget was his Doomben Cup win last preparation where he actually uh he, sh- he I guess he ran a Winx like rating which is I guess a very high level and very few horses have done in their careers over the past 10 years Winx is one is one of two horses that have sort of reached that uh Super hundred and I can't remember the I can't remember the rating exactly, but it's very high. Um, and Zaki is one of those horses to do that. And over the two thousand meter trip, I think that's very important. I'm going to put to bed that everyone says he doesn't handle the Melbourne way of going. Uh, he showed in the Underwood Stakes that he can still explode. He's that he has that he has that brilliance to put away a race like the Cox Plate. And from his work on Tuesday morning, I was very impressed with that effort. He seemed to get around the track well. As soon as J Mac hops on board, I think we're going to see. The best horse in Australia, and fingers crossed the Cox Plate winner. I'm giving a big chance to, of course, the three-year-old Animo. He was impressive in the Caulfield Guineas, showing a massive turn of foot from the back of the field. He profiles like the perfect three-year-old to come into this race with just 49.5 kilos. In fact, I think he's the best three-year-old I've seen since both Piero and All Too Hard in 2012 when they placed second and third in the Cox Plate behind Ocean Park. So that's obviously a pretty big wrap on the horse. I've got a very high opinion of him. Craig Williams probably just needs to lift his form, but we know that he does ride at Mooney Valley and Flemington a lot better than he does at Caulfield. So I'm confident that Craig, he might be able to bounce back to a bit, a bit of 
to a little bit of form here. Very elegant. You can never write off a champion. She's a superstar at her best. Wait for age benchmark in Australia. It would be no shock to see her go on and win this and just prove better than Adam Owenzaki. And the other one I'm actually giving a good chance to is State of Rest, one of the internationals. Uh, this horse profiles like 2014 Cox Plate winner Adelaide coming to the Saratoga Derby, showing a beautiful turn of foot uh, once in clear air, storming past his rivals and I think stargazing a little bit at the front. So although he sort of lacks that little bit of, I guess, uh, race, race experience and uh, wait for age group one conditions that some of these horses have adapted to in Australia, I'm confident that these internationals, when they come out here, they mean business, and I don't think he can be treated lightly Yeah, either. definitely, definitely. I completely agree with um, all those selections. Besides state of rest, from my point of view, um, looking a bit more on the odds, I just he's a risky pick at 375k. Um, I just can't fit him into my stable. I love the first three you mentioned, Zaki. Animo, very elegant. Uh, Animo, the three-year-old, got... About 9.5 kilos less than Zaki. So it's definitely a big advantage and it really helps uh, him compete against the other beasts there are in this race. And I definitely like Zaki. Like James McDonald back as the jockey. He's won his last four with Zaki. Um, and it's a bit of a chance to redeem himself. And you could say the same for Very Elegant. Um, he's kind of the staple horse uh, in with nine Group 1 wins. Yeah, for sure, and I think as well with both Very Elegant and Animo, the reason why I've chosen Zaki ahead of both of them is not just based off that Duma Cup win. I think from a speed map point of view, Very Elegant and Animo drawing 9 and 10, the two widest barriers, I think they're almost forced to go back in the field and, and settle probably two or th- maybe last and second last in spotting Zaki a lot of ground because Zaki is going to be one who's going to push forward and maybe even lead this Cox Plate or sit outside the leader. I think once we get past the 800, J-Max just going to absolutely press the go button on this horse and try and really make this a proper staying type of 2,040-meter test and make it a true Cox Plate like we used to see back uh, in the Sunline Might and Power days, which is going to be very exciting. And if he does that, I don't think they'll be beating him. I think that he'll have too much of a break on the likes of Animo and Very Elegant and even Probabil, those types of horses who are all going to be closing at him. But fingers crossed he'll be able to pinch this on the bend and just prove too good and hopefully prove the wait-for-age horse of Australia that we've all hoped that he that he would be for the last yeah, exactly. Months. And he's still only 450k. I say only, but it gives him uh, the 50k possible increase for a Group 1 win or 25k for second place. So he still can make you money. Uh, compared to Very Elegant, who's at max price at 500. Um, so it kind of, that helps tip the decision in his favour if you're, say, only going to go for either Zaki or Very Elegant, although I would advise selecting both. Yeah, I'm with you. I would definitely, I've actually got all three, Zaki, yep. Animo, and Very Elegant in my team this week. I think that all three of them have strong winning chances and Although I also gave State of Rest a big chance, I just feel that those three horses are the ones to beat in this year's Cox Plate. And um, yeah, I don't want to be missing out on 40 points if any of those three were to win. And I guess there'll be popular selections across yep. the whole, uh, across everyone playing Supercoach. And that's what's that might be the little selection where some people only have two of the three that might just separate, um, I guess, the top few thousand or couple thousand. From yeah, exactly. Zaki and Animo are probably going to be two to top three and, and very elegant, probably four a bit lower just because of its price range. 
Um, it's important to know with uh, Gold Trip failed a vet test, I think it was today. Um, so it's not confirmed that it will miss, that it will get scratched, but if it does, it'll bring the odds of the second line of betting um, down a bit. So it would be even more of a popular pick to select Very Elegant. It would really bring uh, her expected points up. Um, do the same for Animo. And it'll probably give uh, State of Rest a bit more of a case. Yeah, 100% there. And I guess with Gold Trip, I think it's also important to note this is not the first vet exam that he's failed. He also, uh, when he first landed in Australia, was a little bit lame, but he came good. Damien Oliver said he was good. Kieran Ma, Dave Eustace, the trainers, said he was all good. But for some reason, he's pulled up just mildly sore this morning, and uh, obviously that does trigger a few warning signs for anyone looking to to take him in your super coach or um, just looking at selections in the race, looking to take him inside your top three or four. Just really does ring those alarm bells, and if he does take his place, I do expect him to really drift and maybe head towards that $17, $18 mark um, with the bookies. But um, the other one that has a little question mark over their head is Callsign Mav, the New Zealander. He's a multiple Group 1 winner over there, but from a speed map point of view, he plays a crucial role in this race because naturally he goes forward. He's likely the one that is going to push Zaki for the lead and either be the one that sits inside Zaki as Zaki sits to his outer or try and take the seat, the box seat behind Zaki. So from a speed map point of view, if he is to come out of the race, I do feel Zaki gets an uncontested lead. And if he does that, I think that really plays more into Zaki's favour and not necessarily into Animo and Very Elegant who might want the pace to be that little bit stronger rather than Zaki to have his own way early before J-Mac ramps up the tempo at around the yeah, 800 meter mark. Yeah, that's great to hear uh, if, uh, if you see some late scratchings and either of those horses, it'll definitely impact the race. Yeah, 100%. Both have their little reasons as to why they'll impact the race. Gold trip with a market point of view and call sign Mav with an actual race perspective. But it'll be interesting to see tomorrow morning what does happen with these horses. So Friday morning, we should... Uh, get a sign as to whether as to what's going to happen with both these horses, and I think they might undergo another vet check Saturday morning just to make sure that they are 100% okay. Fingers crossed they both take their place. Ten Horse Field would be a great spectacle to watch this year's Cox Plate with both of them in it and at 100% fitness. But of course, if they're not 100% fit, best to come out and uh, maybe look at taking Zaki as the main horse in this yeah, year's Cox Plate. Definitely. Um, we'll move on to the Group Twos now. Uh, four of them in a row which is, will be some good viewing. They all lead up to the Cox Plate, which is after them. Um, the Phillies Classic, who are you looking at here? Interesting race, this. It's one of these races over the Cox Plate Carnival that can throw up a rough result. So although Heresy and Fortunate Kiss and even Maracana do dominate the bookies' odds, uh, I don't think it's just those three that can win the race. Generally, the race has proven, obviously, a lot more open than just those inside the market. Horses target this race, while you've got the likes of Fortunate Kiss and Heresy, who are coming off 1,000 guineas preps, and this is obviously an afterthought, but of a rich race with Group 2 value. It reads well on their pedigree pages, so why not have a throw up the stumps? But for me personally, I'll be sticking with Fortunate Kiss. I thought she was very stiff not to finish at least in the placings in the 1,000 guineas, and... Had she done that, I feel that she would be favourite in the race here. She got checked at a vital stage and uh, hoping to see her bounce back here. That She would have taken a bit of confidence from that run as well, being buffeted around. She picked herself up beautifully late. She runs out a strong mile. I'm all for fortunate kiss here. I'm happy to leave out Heresy, who is the favourite for the race. Although she has a duck egg next to her name, she's come up favourite here. She uh, had zero room when it needed in the 1,000 guineas, but 
finishing 10 lengths off the leaders, although it wasn't a gut buster for her by any means in the 1,000 guineas. I think it may be a little bit of a confidence denter for her where horses who finish 10 lengths from the winner, it's not it's not going to exactly boost your horse's confidence going forward. So I've just got a little query over her coming into this race. I'm happy to stick with Fortunate Kiss, but I'm not overly confident that obviously the race is just between those two. Maracana, uh, I'm sure she would have been uh, set for this race. What a fox. She's going to be up the front and give a good sight over the mile. Uh, she's not far off a maiden win either. And a couple other horses in the race. Vianello. Uh, I like big putts. Very good uh, Very good filly. Stern Impulse was only just beaten by Vianello. The race doesn't end there. Wide open here. It's an almost stay out race, but I'm confident enough to be taking Fortunate Kiss, who's only $100,000 with Supercoach. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I love the Fortunate Kiss pick. 100 k very cheap. And if your roster um, shapes up like it mine is, um, it's perfect place for that uh, eighth horse, that emergency horse. And I just really like her. I'm on the other boat of Heresy. Um, favoured by the bookies, still cheap at 175 k And I felt like in the 1,000 guineas, uh, guineas, sorry, um, she ran pretty well and, as you said, got trapped. I think that won't affect her confidence. I reckon she'll just have a great run here. Um, I'm hoping uh, that she doesn't get trapped and she can get some uh, clear air. And the field is, isn't as strong, in my personal opinion. So I think she'll, she might do a bit, bit better. Absolutely. This field's nowhere near as strong as the 1,000 guineas. Um, with Heresy, obviously you've got Damien Oliver on board, Barrier 6, she's going to get that sweet run, and if she gets clear air, there's certainly no knocks as to why she can't go on and win this race, but uh, yeah, for me, fortunate kiss, have her on top. I've got Heresy in for second in my own personal selections, but um, yeah, just from a super coach point of view, happy with fortunate kiss, and I'm sure plenty will be with you, and Heresy, yeah, Exactly, uh, Heresy stacks up a bit better um, in the expected points uh, field due to her odds, um, and that probably will favour those uh, basing their selections on expected points or you're looking at the odds more so instead of compared to form. Absolutely. And uh, being a set weights field, so all these fillies are carrying 57 kilos. And if you look at... So each horse is a lot of a handicap rating. And her rating in this race is 81 compared to a horse like Vianello or Fortunate Kiss who are 72 and 68. So realistically, she should be giving uh, these horses a, a lot more weight. So put her on, a, I guess... A scale, uh, heresy. She would if just say she carried sixty kilos. Fortunate Kiss might be carrying around that uh, 57, 56 and a half range where they're meeting here on level weights, fifty seven kilos a piece. So definitely on a handicap point of view, heresy is your winner. But it's just a matter of whether she bounces out of the thousand guineas. And obviously, like you said, plenty, plenty are going to think so, and the bookies think she will. And yeah, I, I can definitely see her running a big race and. If all goes in her favour and she does bounce out of that race, she's definitely a, a live chance of winning the Group yeah, 2 Yeah, it, it might work out for some that with uh, with less cash in their bank, uh, going Heresy and Fortunate Kiss kind of stacks up a bit better compared to a few of the other uh, Group 2 selections. Um, they might be uh, just a bit pricier. Yeah, like I mentioned last week as well, these three-year-olds... In these group twos and threes, they can be ones to target if you're running tight on money because, as I mentioned, these horses are not proven at the top level, whereas if you look at a race like the Crystal Mile, which we'll talk about next, these are all proven horses. They have a benchmark. Many of them in the race are $300,000 plus, but with these fillies, they're all cheap, unproven. Uh, exactly. We'll move on to the Crystal Mile, like you said. Race six, 
Um, I like two horses. Uh, they're Buffalo River and Elephant. Elephant, I stayed away last time we uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, when uh, she was, or he was, sorry, uh, heavily selected. Um, but I'm definitely on the other side of fence. Favoured by the bookies. Cheap at 200k. Uh, fits it to my stable really nicely. And I don't think he'll lose he'll lose this race. Damien Lane jockeying. Um, Buffalo River, the other one to watch, a bit more pricier uh, at 325k. So that's that was more the option I was alluding to. If you, you're a bit short on cash, you might go for Heresy over Buffalo River, for example. Um, and it's pretty much a second favourite. Uh, great minds think alike, Watto. I'm 100% with you here. Elephant for me on top. I'm happy for this horse to be bouncing out of the Turak handicap. Key is here. He draws towards the inside, so he's going to get that beautiful smother, and he's going to find the fence, something that he never saw in the Turak handicap. He was caught wide there and had every excuse to drop out of the race, and as you mentioned, we both stayed away uh, that day, but happy to be uh, on his back here. He meets him at 59 kilos, so weight for age level. He was placed second in the Fian Stakes three starts ago, where he was only just nosed out by Superstorm. That was over this track and trip. Superstorm subsequently ran uh, placing in the Turak Handicap, so the form stacks up nicely. Damien Lane on board. I'm finding it very hard to knock Elephant. Buffalo River in for second. This is his third week in a row where he backs up, so that's obviously his question as to whether he can come out and do that. Barrier one, he's going to push forward. As we know, any rain around is going to suit him down to the ground. But my little knock here with Buffalo River outside of the third week in a row is Rhinoceros. So the stable mate to Elephant. So obviously we've got a bit of a jungle theme going on here. But Rhinoceros is one who's going to push forward and really give Buffalo River a test in the lead. And I think if that happens, that does give Elephant that. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Beautiful sit in behind them and... Rhinos with 51 kilos on his back, he can push forward and really spend a bit of juice and uh, make this a true mile test for Buffalo River on, on obviously, the third week in a row. So just little little knocks there on Buffalo River. I think he is the clear second selection in the race in saying that on class alone because I think the race does drop away pretty quickly. Embolism obviously looks some sort of chance after his good uh, Turak handicap run, but he's also favourite for the Sale Cup on Sunday. So I wouldn't be shocked if Connections head there instead of this race. But for me, Elephant, I'll be taking him. Buffalo River, I'll also be taking him purely because I think the race drops away very quickly after him. But Rhinoceros, as I mentioned, he's going to pester Buffalo River. Hopefully that gives Elephant the sit. Buffalo River, class shines through to run second, and we clean up on the race. Well, that's the plan. Yeah, anyway. exactly. No, really clear uh, third fiddle. 
more to say. So very, they're two very good selections if you can fit them in your roster with those group ones. Yeah, I mean, I've, compared to some of the other group twos on the program, such as uh, the Mooney Valley Cup, which we'll talk about a little bit later, I'd much prefer to have Buffalo River, who I do feel is a clear top two selection in the race, rather than trying to find a horse that's going to score me 32 points, but could also potentially run fourth or fifth in the race. But Buffalo River Elephant, I feel, is a safe play of the day, and I think two horses that uh, plenty of super coach players out there need yeah, in their exactly. stables. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, we'll go into race seven now, uh, back to the three-year-olds. Uh, who do you like here? I have one name glaring at me that you mentioned before. Yes, this is one of my favourite horses running around at the moment. Uh, forgot you. I absolutely love him. I picked him out for the derby uh, when he ran third. I think it was at Caulfield or Flemington. Uh, first up, this preparation, I thought this horse has Derby written all over him, and he obviously won his next two, both at Mooney Valley, important to note, so we know he handles the track, which it can be a tricky one to handle. He came home with the fastest last 200-meter sectionals in the Caulfield Guineas, even faster than Animo, which gives him a really good profile here, stepping up to 2,040 meters and beyond next week when he runs in the Derby, but outside of Forgot You, this race drops away super quickly. I mean, Akihiro was... Uh, held his ground behind Halal and Coastwatch in the Stan Fox Stakes in Sydney last start, but I don't think uh, that's going to be good enough to beat Forgot You in this race. Black Comb, she's a filly. Obviously, I've mentioned a couple times on here that the fillies do lack a little bit on the Colts and Gelding, so happy to have her in for second or third. Um, but I think the race does drop, drop away pretty quickly from Forgot You, who I think is the clear standout selection of the day and the selection that everyone must have in their stables. And a uh, little... Uh, obviously, early crow for later, but he'll be my captain of the day. I'm very confident with his chances yeah, coming. Completely in agree, and he's the other the other horse I mentioned. Probably I expect to be in that top three at 125k. Uh, with such a clear being such a clear favourite, like he's close to two dollars uh, when I last saw it, and the next best is near ten. Like it's probably the easiest pick in the group twos for sure. Um, he's had such a good, uh, strong campaign at the Valley, uh, two from two wins, I believe, um, and raced very well in the, uh, Caulfield Guineas. And that was the race where Animo, who's racing in the, uh, Cox Plate, uh, won clearly. Um, so it was really strong competition and not the, uh, field this, uh, in race seven's not as strong. Yeah, clearly I think forgot you. He's just, he's... The best selection of of the entire day, and uh, if he can win this, he'll be favourite for the Derby next week. And I just absolutely love him. He's just beautiful horse. Barry Nine, I think many people will look at and go, "Oh, it could be a little bit sticky from there." But up to two thousand and forty metres now, I think Daniel Moore could potentially press forward, try and find that box seat early on, and spend him up early a little bit. Because even if you spend him up early, I think he's just going to be too good for them anyway. But yeah, forgot you. I don't see him getting beaten on the day, but. I was obviously very wrong with Kapalua Sunset last week, who you and I were both keen on, but I hopefully forgot you was a little bit better yeah, for us. Yeah, the good thing week. with these clear, very clear favourites, even in Kapalua Sunset, um, so many people own him that it really, if he completely flunks out, if that's the case, you're really not going to cop the loss uh, compared to, like, if you don't select him and then he absolutely smashes it and, say, Justin, for example, has him as captain. Um, you're going to be behind the pace a bit there in that selection. 
Yeah, like we mentioned uh, early on with Zaki and um, when everyone had him as their captain in the might and power, uh, obviously him being beaten wasn't exactly a disaster for anyone who had him as captain and super coach because everyone did anyway. So it's not really a loss of points there and uh, you're much better having him in the stable than not because number one, he's cheap. Number two, he should be winning. And number three, you don't want to be dropping 32 Yeah, there's, a, there's quite a few horses to maybe steer away from if you're looking for a, like a point, potter, yeah, point of difference uh, view, but this is not the horse to do it. Yep, 100% spot on there, mate. Uh, let's move on here to the Mooney Valley Gold Cup. This is a really interesting race to my eye. What are your early thoughts? I, I really like Floating Artist, uh, favoured by the bookies, super cheap at uh, 200k for a Group 2, um, has had a great campaign so far, but a bit of a query on the uh, distance. It hasn't raced over 2,000 metres this year, um, and it's a 2,500-metre race. Um Onto that as well. I like Pondus, uh, a bit more pricey at three twenty-five, and second favourite uh, behind Floating Artists. But I uh, just a bit, bit more risk comparing to the selection. If you compare Pondus at three twenty-five with Buffalo River, um, probably similar options that you'd kind of flow between one and another. I just there's way more risk with Pondus pick, and I'm personally not going there. What do you reckon? I think this is a very open race and I'm not going to be actually picking any horse in this event because I do believe that there are six genuine winning chances and my top selection in the race is actually a $26 chance with the bookies and that's attorney. Um, he was very good two starts back behind Montefilia and really looked a coming winner and that Montefilia form as well and truly stood up. She won the, won the Metrop at Group 1 level and then came out and ran fourth in the Caulfield Cup last week. So that form's really stacking up but I'm happy to forgive that Metrop run last start with a duck egg next to his name. Uh, gonna Hopefully going to bounce back here. Soft track to his liking. Hopefully we see the best of attorney there. Uh, I've also given a good chance to Harpo Max, placed third in the Metrop. Again, we've got that Montefilia form. Um, obviously, that's, that's proper now. Caulfield Cup Group 1 form. It's better than what a lot of these horses have produced. I do have major knocks on both Floating Artist and Pondus. I'm not convinced any of... Nick Williams, so Nick Williams, he owns a lot of these Pondus international type of horses. Um, not convinced his horses are travelling too well at the moment, and I'm happy to steer clear of him, especially at 325 grand. I mean, on quality, he should be winning this race, but I'm just not convinced. I felt that he was entitled to do that tiny bit more last start in the Bart Cummings at Flemington. He did lead at a hectic tempo, but I just thought his class should have shone through, and he should have ran a little bit better there. Um, so I've got major knocks on him second up. Floating artist, I thought uh, it was might have been a little bit of an average ride in the Coonji Cup last start when running third, where this horse is not a turn of foot horse. He's not built to just walk in front and kick away from his opposition. He needs to really go through his gears, and the button wasn't really pressed till the 400. And um, Although things might be a little bit different here where he's going to push forward and likely try and make this a proper staying contest, I feel that he had his chance, and that Coonji Cup, Caulfield Cup campaign was his preparation to, to make his mark on Australian racing. But, yeah, I'm not convinced with him that he will be going as well into this race as what we've seen from a couple others. I'm also giving Miami Bound a good chance if the rain arrives. She won this race last year very convincingly at a big price. Big price again. I can see her winning it. There's just too many chances in the race for me to be playing here. Uh, from a yeah, there's so much risk and so many 
so many winners. And it's a group two. It's not like we're talking about a group one um, field of 13. So anything can really happen. And you might even see like Pondus or Floating Artists uh, not race too well and float towards the back. They might even cost you money um, like a few other horses have in the prior round. So it's a bit bit of a risky race compared to the other three group twos. Yeah, and I think if you like someone in the race, I wouldn't say don't pick a horse in it because obviously if you like a horse in it, pick it, go with your gut, you've got to do what you've got to do. But for me personally, I just feel that there are uh, there's a lot more to the race than what the bookies are giving it credit for, as I mentioned. I've got a roughie on top here and I've got giving Miami Bound a very good chance too and they're both in my top four selections. Pondus actually missed out on my top four. So that's how open I'm seeing this race and I'm just not willing to risk big money in the race from a super coach point of view uh, for what could be yeah, very good and reward. Even if you wanted to pick a bit of a pod in this race, which probably is the race to do it, um, there's a lot of a lot of or pretty much all the horses horses are priced very well between 200 to 325k, so you can really uh, get a good horse there if you really, like you said, like a particular one. Um, well, yeah, and I think I think a selection such as Harpo Max he could be a little point of difference because I do feel that my super coach players will. Uh, lean towards those floating artists yep. and Pondus types of horses, but yeah, if you like, if you like a horse like Harpo Max, I definitely yeah, definitely Harpo Max. Uh, low expected points, so a lot of people will uh, sway away from him. But you, honestly, it's if you got feeling and if you love the horse, just go for it. Yep, absolutely. Could could not have said that any better. What I um, we'll move on to. A, couple of the group threes here we'll have a look at the red anchor stakes race number four interesting race here um have you got any i, I love here? i love dosh for the win um just a bit bit pricey for group three in my mind with so many other uh selections uh favored by the bookies and as i said cheaper 200k um has had great form running at this distance um but like i said a bit just a bit too much uh cash especially in this round where we're going to have to pay up a bit for that group one uh cook's place race um i also like mornington glory um he's at 50k in in the second line of betting um and i just i just think there's a lot of risk attached to mornington glory but if you a bit strapped for cash going from a 100k horse to mornington glory which is 50k that will save you 50k um in your eighth horse um and if you really need that 50k, you can kind of do wonders to make your stable work. I'm definitely with you there. Aside from Dosh, I've got major knocks on her over 1,200 metres. I think she's just a little speedy Gonzalez. 1,000 metres, she's bomb-proof. 1,100 metres, she got worn down last a uh, couple of weeks ago in the Scalacci Stakes uh, when beaten by Saber2XL. Saber2XL is the favourite for the Group 1 Manicato. So we'll see how that form does stand up Friday night. But I just feel here she she carried a very light weight in that race as well, 51 kilos or 50 kilos from memory. Yep. She comes up here to 56.5. She's got to run out a strong 1,200 metres because I don't think a horse like Generation will be giving her anything in front. Tad Weir as well from Barrier 1, he'll kick forward and try and push to the lead. Dosh obviously has a lot of early speed. It's just whether she can manage that for the whole 1,200-meter journey. So I've just got major knocks on her there. I actually like a horse at a price in this, and that's Athelric. I thought he was very good two starts back at Mooney Valley when he placed second. 
Um, he was arguably very stiff not to win the race that day, and he beat Generation, who is the second favourite for the event. So I think at a reasonable price, he's a he's a good selection in the race if you want a little point of difference. And I'm very much with Mornington Glory as well. He's my second selection in the race. I thought his Danehill run was very good. He was dominant on debut uh, when winning. He had a big spruit going into him that day as well, but this is obviously a big step back from the Danehill Stakes, which he tackled last start, placing fifth. Confident that he can run a much better race from barrier four back around a bend. $50,000, I think he is a must yeah, for Yeah, it'd be a bit of a point of difference. A lot of people staying away from the group threes uh, this round. Sorry, it could be definitely a, a good pod um, compared to other, other, uh, other stables. For sure. And, I mean, it's obviously a little bit of a risky race with, obviously, there's a little query over Dosh, but she is the favourite generation. Uh, how's this horse going to come back? But we've got James McDonald in the saddle. Little uh, Wide gate, though, so, again, a little concern there. How good's Tad Weirds? Won both at starts. He's except, he's exceptional. Uh, won the Mackenzie Stakes at this track and trip. Daily Bugle's handy horse on his day. And, as I mentioned, Athelric and Mornington Glory, I'm pretty keen on both of those as well. So, it's a very wide-open race, but... It's just a matter, again, going back to your gut. Do you want to play in this race? And potentially, do you want to save a bit of cash and uh, pick Mornington Glory and maybe just use him as your emergency in your uh, last selection uh, on the day, your eighth yeah, exactly. selection? Personally, I probably will stay away from this race just because of this. so many... Uh, it seems like a very even race, although there's a few favourites. And I do like Mornington Glory at 50k um, if it really shapes up, if my stable shapes up that I need to downgrade as I have Fortunate Kiss as my eighth um, horse, but I'd be more than winning if it was if I was moving stuff around and I needed 50k, I'd pop Mornington Glory in there and be pretty happy with it. For sure, I don't blame you at all. He's got a very good chance in the race, and as I mentioned, he's my second pick here, and um, yeah, it could be a sneaky little chance for uh, to try and jag 24 points early yeah, on exactly. the card. Um, we'll just touch on uh, the other group three that I think we're both staying away from, the uh, Tesla Stakes. Um, Ana Visto is... Oh, sorry yeah. there, Justin. Um, Ana Visto, the favourite, but not not really a clear favourite. And at 200k in a group three, there's just so many other better options. Yeah, the Tessie has a very hard race here. It's wide open. Typical mare's race where... You can pick 10 horses and still not get the winner. Um, from my personal point of view, I like Magna Bella in the race. But again, she's um, a reasonable roughie in the market. But yeah, I'm more than happy to stay away here in a race where there's just too many chances and horses, mares that are proven. So they've uh, got a reasonable super coach price tag attached to them as well. And simply just too much risk for very little reward again. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, is there any other the listed handicap races that we'll be touching on, or are you staying out of them like myself? Um, yeah, I'll be staying out of them. There's a couple of races to maybe watch on the day as well. Um, English Banner is always a good race. All the first, plenty of first starters in the event. Um, Idris looks a really good chance in that. If you're looking to have a little selection in that race, this horse galloped really well Tuesday morning. Looks a good chance in the event. Damien Oliver on board the goat. So. Um, yeah, that that can run a nice race, and uh, hopefully race number two, Starry Legend, can burn them off early and prove too good in race number two. But otherwise, yeah, just happy to play those races. Yeah, exactly. That we did mention, and, uh, Damian Oliver, one of the few jockeys with uh, nine races, uh, 
So it's a bit of a, it's changed a bit. With There was a lot of jockeys in previous rounds uh, racing eight, nine, ten races, especially with the uh, two meets in Supercoach. We had a lot of selection. Um, it's a bit more restricted now. Yeah, um, and especially with a couple of Sydney jockeys coming down, which makes it interesting. So we've got some real high-class jockeys competing here. Plenty of people love J-Mac just because he's the household name in racing and he's on the favourite Zaki in the Cox Plate, so people will be automatically drawn to him. Interesting thing with Damien Oliver, I've definitely got him as my jockey because I think he's on a few really good chances throughout the day. Heresy is included in that. Um, I think she is obviously a major chance of bagging a couple points there for Ollie, but... In the Cox Plate, he's riding uh, the he's riding the import gold trip. So if that horse does come out of the race, he will lose a ride. Not necessarily uh, one of my top three chances in the race, but just as a little note, uh, if that horse does come out, he will lose yeah, a ride. Yeah, on the day. exactly. With Damon Oliver, nine races right now. Um, expected points um, about just over six, I reckon. Uh, three to four possible placings. Just got so many uh, races compared to the other jockeys. Only Daniel Moore. Uh, he's racing uh, nine as well, um, but just is not exactly on the favourites uh, compared to Oliver. Just has a has a good range of rides. Um, James McDonald, he's only got six rides, but as he said, he was on Zaki and he's on a few other uh, very favoured horses uh, by the bookies. So he can he can still get quite a few points. I have him at about five six points. Um, but I'm siding with Damien Oliver as well. Uh, just so many races where he can he can get those one to two points and kind of chalk it up like James McDonald has done in the previous rounds. And that's kind of where you aim for. Um, if you get a jockey with minimal races, like James McDonald is at six uh, this round, um, you're kind of restricting your chances to get points every uh, throughout the meet. Yeah, and I think the key thing you mentioned there as well with Ollie was the range of rides he has. He's not necessarily on all the favourites throughout the day, but he's got a good range of horses who are top three or top four in the market, and he can just about jag a point in nearly uh, all the races he's riding in. So Ollie there. Daniel Moore, he's on a couple of really good selections. Obviously, he's on Forgot You, who we've who we've mentioned, and he should jag uh, the three points there. He's got a couple of other nice horses on the day. He's on Fortunate Kiss as well, so that's potentially six points there, plus if he places in any other races, he rides his track really well. So Daniel Moore could be a little sneaky one to pop in there if you do like any of his mounts, but I think Ollie this week will be the way to go, as you mentioned. Beautiful range of rides, and he's on good chances. Yeah, and it's important to note, like, James McDonald was the most heavily backed uh, jockey in the first three rounds, and in round three, for example, he's 52% owned. Uh... So some might just leave him in because obviously when you switch uh, stables, you can clear out your stable, but it'll, you might just keep your jockey in there as a few uh, people might do. He's, he's had a great run of form and people not looking as closely as we do into the, into the meets might not realise he has uh, three less races than he usually does and Oliver's has, has a really good uh, meet coming up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't knock you if you pick James McDonald. As yep. I mentioned, he's on the Cox Plate favourites. So there's potentially three points there. A couple of other good rides throughout the day, but I think Damien Oliver this week could be the way to go. He's a big-time rider, big-day rider especially, and I know how much he wants to win a Cox Plate. Uh, again, 
Um, but yeah, I, he has so I much can't go past him, and he has so as much upside. Like, though. like I expect him to get at least six points, but he could easily get 12, 15 points if all those rides. If he snags two points, three points, uh, every single ride, it can happen. It's happened in the past. It happened last year, um, and it could set you up for a big, a big weekend. For sure, and uh, remember very, very well last year that Jamie Carr rode four winners on this meeting last year, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Damien Oliver might be <laughs> trying to hunt that down this year and uh, claim four as well. So, yeah, it's going to be an yeah, interesting exactly. day for the It'll jockey be one to watch. Uh, it's always good with the uh, jockeys. You can follow them in pretty much every race. Um, I like to I like to follow them in the uh, listed and handicaps because they tend not to be as fan- fantasy relevant, especially this year. Uh, with the reduced stable size. Um, so it's always good to have a, a jockey in most of the races and kind of that way you can, you, you, you bat him for a horse, especially if you don't, if you don't bet per se, um, you still, you still battle him for a horse. Yeah. It gives you a bit of interest in each race. And I guess that's the whole point of, of super coach. Cause of course, at the end of the day, there's only going to be one winner of the whole thing. And um, yeah, it just gives you a good little interest throughout the day and uh, cheer on your jockey to try and, uh, jag those one to three points but uh, we'll move on from jockeys I think and talk about captaincy obviously we all know mine forgot you very confident with him and hopefully get those 64 points in the bag I'm, I'm very you, keen on Zaki I think he'll just he'll bounce back and with J-Mac uh, back to being the jockey um, I think he'll just set up for a nice 40 point win 80 points uh, captaincy um, I, I might I might switch it around Saturday morning but I don't think I'll change my mind on that yeah I think plenty of people will be with you there with Zaki but of course if anyone does want to talk to us about anything Supercoach Racing or about racing in general or, or fantasy uh, you can catch me on Twitter at JustinDarcy7 and you can catch me at Auto underscore four if you have any questions or only just want to talk some horse racing. We both both love to. Um, that's it for us. It's been a pleasure talking with you, Justin, this week and going over the uh, round at, at the races at Mooney Valley and we're happy to see you next week. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 